0: Hey there. There's going to be some cursing in this story. So if there's little kids with you right now, maybe save this one for later. Up to you. All right. Here's the show. It's raining for a second, just as I get to Stephanie Wax's house in Houston. Hi. Stephanie, hey! There's a dog. And it takes a minute for her to get her dog quiet so we can talk. Yay. Hi. Hi. Hi.
1: Thank Hi. You so much. Of course. Oh my God. I like letting strangers in my house. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. my favorite thing.
0: I'd first talk with Stephanie because she's a little bit famous. She published a book last year about grieving her brother who died of a drug overdose, and he was a little more famous. Her brother was a writer and producer on Parks and Recreation, Harris Whittles. When he died, it made news. And now, not coincidentally, she's making a podcast about the opioid epidemic. That's how we ended up talking the first time. And it's got people like Sarah Silverman and Cez Ansari in it who loved her brother, and it's good. But... I did not fly to Houston to talk about that. I came to Houston because Stephanie had told me this story how she lobbied the Texas legislature to make insurance companies cover hearing aids for kids. She's got a hearing impaired daughter. And I was like, that's a hell of a story. And just before I came, Stephanie sent me some links for background. I'd seen most of them before, but one was a video from some group called Let Texas Hear. It's got her and her husband telling their story, making a pitch.
1: My name is Stephanie Wax.
0: I'm Michael Wax.
1: We're married. We have a daughter. Her name is Iris.
0: It's pretty slick. There's a really nice logo. There's experts. I'm Dr. Scott Marquardt. Uh, I'm the current president of the Texas Academy of Audiology. And there's a cast of thousands, well, dozens, chiming in at the end. Let Texas hear. Let Texas hear. Let Texas hear. Let Texas hear.
1: Let Texas hear. Let Texas hear.
0: The whole thing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this may not be the story I was hoping for. This looks like the hearing aid industry or whatever orchestrated some campaign. And she's just one of the people they got to be in their videos and go to the Capitol. That's how this works. But the answer was no, that's not what it was. That video was made by a friend of hers. The slick logo, Stephanie's husband designed it. This story is the real thing. This is An Arm and a Leg, a show about the cost of healthcare. I'm Dan Weissman. And on this season, we are focused on what I'm gonna call self-defense. What we can do for ourselves and for each other right now. Cause I gotta tell you, the cavalry isn't coming. As I make this season, there are presidential candidates talking about big plans to change American healthcare. But the way I see it, nothing's changing anytime soon. I mean, let's say your dream candidate gets elected along with their dream Congress and they pass your dream legislation and they do it in the first hundred days. Well, let's forget about the odds of all that happening for a second. (laughs) Let's talk about the timing. A hundred days into the next presidential administration is like springtime 2021. And even if we're looking at a crazy schedule like World War II mobilization, it's a couple of years after that before anything takes effect. 2023? That would be super crazy. And in a world where any of us or anyone we love could wind up with some kind of serious medical or financial mess like any time, that's a long time to wait for the capital So this season, we are going after stories about what's possible right now. That's going to include stories about fighting off bills that don't seem right. I got one woman who's like a ninja at this. And exploring what is and isn't possible to fight. We're going to have a feature called Can They Fucking Do That? It's going to be pretty fun. And this story about Stephanie Wax. It begins five and a half years ago when Stephanie's daughter Iris was born. And she was awesome.
1: I know every parent thinks that their kid is just marvelously beautiful, but she was a truly gorgeous newborn baby.
0: The docs had to take her out a little early, C-section, but she's great.
1: Everything was fine. She started nursing immediately, like already superstarring.
0: And this isn't super memorable for most parents, but it turns out hospitals run a million little tests on newborns.
1: They're like, oh, I'm here to do this. Oh, I'm here to test this. Oh, you know, and you're just like fine, poke and prod, whatever. So they come in and they say, we're going to do her newborn hearing screening. And I think I was like literally in the bathroom and I was like, just do it. I, You know, whatever. I don't care.
0: And they're like, hey, uh, she didn't pass. But a lot of C-section babies don't pass the first time. We'll run the test again tomorrow.
1: Fine. They come back tomorrow. They test her again. Again, she doesn't pass. And at this point, I like start Googling.
0: And they test her again. Third day doesn't pass. They're like, look, come back in a couple of weeks for a follow up. But hey, 95 percent of babies like this, they ace the follow up. So don't worry about it. And she gets home, and baby Iris seems fine. There's a loud noise. She responds. Great. But two weeks later, after that test, they're like, your baby has mild hearing loss, and she's going to need hearing aids her whole life. Oh, and uh, here's a great big packet of stuff about all the ways kids like yours will struggle.
1: You know, academically, they miss, you know, up to 50% or more of what's going on in a classroom.
0: And it's not just the classroom.
1: You know, there's things called incidental listening, which is how most babies learn language. They're overhearing conversations. Children with hearing loss have trouble with that. You know, if you're not looking directly at them, they have trouble knowing that you're talking to them.
0: Yeah. And like imagine that on the playground. They get a referral to a nice audiology center. Iris gets hearing aids at six weeks. And this is where Stephanie and Mike find out that hearing aids are not covered by insurance. They're considered cosmetic, which is insane. But they are. It is.
1: And the hearing aids cost $6,000 minimum, a pair. Minimum. And they last about three to five years. They're like little computers. So you think about a lifetime of that. I don't do math.
0: But it seems like it would add up. Meanwhile, there's other stuff going on.
1: Our house had this mold infestation. We had to move into my parents' like 1,500-square-foot apartment. And, you know, we were like on top of each other with a newborn. It was hell. It blurs together, honestly, because it was just like a fucking, you know, tidal wave of bad (laughs) news.
0: Yeah, and some of it is not funny, even in retrospect.
1: The same exact time that we um, moved out of my house, my brother went to rehab for the first time.
0: He was addicted to opiates. Six months later, he's back in rehab because now he's shooting heroin. And then when Iris is a year old, he goes back into rehab again. And a few weeks later... He checks out and immediately ODs and dies.
1: Like I was in truly crippling depression. Yeah.
0: Today, four years later, Stephanie says Harris's death has defined her entire life. Everything she's done, the book, the podcast, the whole deal, it's because of him. Later in our visit, she's giving her baby a bath, Harry, named after Harris. And she brings up advice her brother gave her. And I tell her I can hear it in her voice how much she misses him.
1: We were We were very close. You know, it's like my primary relationship in my life. But the kids help.
0: I mean, she's saying this while she's giving her baby a bath. But yeah, Stephanie's kids are going to be 30 before she spent as much time with them as she spent with her brother. So it's a rough time.
1: Yeah, so my crippling depression uh, translates into action.
0: So she starts writing like crazy. That turns into the book. And. About a month after Harris dies, she finds this change.org petition that says it is messed up. that They don't cover hearing aids in Texas and the state legislature ought to change it.
1: And I signed the petition and then I was like, who was running this thing, you know?
0: <laughs> and she finds out it's like one audiologist and one mom. And she's like, let's saddle up. I'm in. Let's do this. And it's not about her family's finances. They actually lucked into a grant that gives hearing aids to parents of infants with mild hearing loss. And it covers Iris' speech therapy for a year and a half. The problem for her isn't financial need. It's personal.
1: I just needed a place to put a lot of my inability to bring my brother back, my inability to change the fact that my daughter couldn't hear. Like, all of these things happened at once that I couldn't fix.
0: and so. Here she goes. First thing she finds out, it's late. It's past the middle of the legislative session in 2015. And this is where she learns there's a million steps, more than you'd think. So they're way behind. Here's how the Texas legislature works. You start in the House, get assigned to a committee. If you pass there, the bill goes to a calendar committee, which basically just decides, are we going to schedule this to be heard on the floor? A lot of bills die right there. And if it doesn't die there and it does pass in the House, the whole thing happens again in the state Senate. And they get one victory. The bill comes out of the first committee. But then the clock runs out. There is no time to deal with the calendar committee. And in Texas, when the clock runs out, it's a long time before you get another shot. That legislature splits.
1: Texas meets every two years their legislature meets, and for six months. So you've got like this very small window to get something done. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild and crazy. <laughs> uh, I'm know.
0: from Illinois, and our political culture is famously fucked up. I know that Texas is fucked up, but that's pretty fucked up.
1: Texas is fucked up.
0: And I'm like, you know, that means your next shot was like two years away. What kept you going for two years?
1: I'm competitive. I'm like, I'm like... We didn't win. There wasn't any question that we would do it again. There was no question.
0: Which I love. So there's not much to do for a while, but she's keeping a Facebook group going and stuff. And a year and a half later, January 2017, the Texas legislature is starting up again and she's ready. And by this time, the audiologist who started the whole thing is being treated for cancer and can't even participate. And one of the other moms has kind of fallen away, but she... Stephanie, finds two other moms, and it's the three of them. They drive the whole thing through the state legislature with not that many other people. So this was not some highly orchestrated campaign by the hearing aid industry to get something done. This wasn't the hearing aid industry pretending to be a giant army of moms. This was three moms pretending to be a giant army of moms, which is awesome. Time to get Irish from school.
1: Okay, you're going to get into my minivan. Totally. Okay, bad boy
0: We keep talking It's spring 2017 And the moms just keep pushing They get through the committee in the house And they get through the calendar committee They get through the house floor And once they've cleared the house Stephanie says the insurance industry backs off Because she says they did the math One, this was getting real It's no longer something you can quietly kill in committee And two, not that many kids need hearing aids For the insurance industry, the money involved, not that huge.
1: So do we really want to be, like, the reason why kids are not getting this coverage? And so they sort of softened.
0: Of course, the bill needs a sponsor in the Senate. And they get one. A super conservative Republican, Lois Kolkhorst. Here's a snippet from one of her campaign ads.
1: The disaster on the border cannot be underestimated. Our sovereignty and our security are at risk. I'm Lois Kolkhorst. And I'm not willing to give up one inch of Texas to the drug cartels and the human traffickers. Not one inch.
0: And Lois Kolkhorst is exactly what they need because Republicans run the legislature in Texas.
1: We were, if we had like sponsors of the bill who were Democrats, the bill wouldn't have made it. It just wouldn't have, you know. So you end up like getting into bed with people who are like, they're the worst, you know. And like, but they're actually not the worst. I had my mind opened a bunch.
0: And Senator Kolkhorst has a profoundly deaf niece with a profoundly deaf daughter. It's a match. And so Stephanie and these moms, they keep doing their thing. Stephanie brings three-year-old Iris to the Capitol a bunch of times in her little cowboy boots.
1: And we walked around those hallways to every office and she shook their hands and said, hi, my name is Iris and these are my hearing aids and I love them and I use them to hear and she loves her hearing. It's like she's obsessed. They have glitter on them like they're awesome.
0: And it's overwhelming. It's tiring.
1: And, you know, you're constantly just, like, bugging everyone, you know, like, please call, please text, please call, please email. You know, you're just, like, become this broken record. And everyone's on the Internet asking <laughs> for the <laughs> shit that they want. And...
0: But the bill is moving. And then this weird thing happens, which is they run into resistance from a really unexpected place. And it looks like it could be pretty serious. Like the day before their big hearing in front of a Senate committee. Suddenly everything looks like it could be up in the air. So we'll have more about that right after this. This season of An Arm and a Leg is a co-production of Public Road Productions and Kaiser Health News. It's a nonprofit newsroom that covers healthcare in America. Kaiser Health News is not affiliated with the giant healthcare provider, Kaiser Permanente. We'll have a little more on Kaiser Health News at the end of this episode. Okay, Stephanie's gonna tell me about how this new surprising resistance threatened her whole effort oh. Wait, we've arrived at Iris' school, so uh, no more cursing for a while.
1: Oh, there she is. Okay. <laughs> She's looking at you. <laughs> Who is this? This is a strange man I said would be with me.
0: Hi! I get Iris to show me her hearing aids. They really do have glitter on them.
1: I can hear with, the, with them out. I just can't hear very well.
0: For most of the next five hours, Stephanie keeps telling me the story... While she schleps Iris home, gets an iPad in front of her, gets chicken nuggets and apple pieces and Thomas the Tank Engine in front of baby Harry, and eventually gets around to bath time and dinner with Mike and bed for the kids. Before dinner, there's some playtime in Iris's bedroom. There's unicorns and rainbows everywhere, and Iris drags in a full-size guitar from another room.
1: This is my uncle Hill with his guitar. My this is it was my mom's brother's. Uh he died. We are very sad.
0: And she serenades the rest of us. We left you hanging. Who suddenly hated Stephanie's bill? The deaf community. As Stephanie describes it, the deaf community in Texas happened to be involved in another legislative fight at the same time. The other one was super contentious. Briefly, there's an idea that deafness is an identity. There's a culture to be part of. Hearing aids, cochlear implants, you could say they're taking something away. And in the other fight, deaf people with this perspective were fighting with, among others, the Cochlear Implant Association. So deaf people in that fight see that Stephanie's bill involves tech, like hearing aids and implants in some way, and there's suspicion. Stephanie and the other moms worked hard to get up to speed and make nice and clear things up. They were like, honest, our bill does not mean anybody has to get hearing aids or implants, just that if you want them, insurance can't say no. But when that first Senate committee hearing rolls around, it's still not clear that everybody's comfortable. And then, day before the hearing. Stephanie and her family are all at the swimming hole in Austin. It's the middle of the afternoon, and Stephanie is in her swimsuit. She gets this note from one of her allies. Works for the speech center where Iris gets therapy.
1: Okay, so this woman emails me from the center. Hello, Stephanie. Hello, Stephanie! Exclamation mark. (laughs) There you go.
0: She's like, there could be a problem.
1: Texas Association of the Deaf just posted a call to action... To attend the hearing and asked everyone to sign up to testify.
0: Testify against Stephanie's bill. And in the fight around that other bill, the deaf community has turned people out in force. So it raises questions about what kind of opponents might show up the next day. Deaf people? People from the business community who just hate government mandates? Stephanie's ally has an idea. Like, how about? bill's sponsor gets to talk first at any of these hearings. Maybe Senator Kolkhorst could address any potential opposition right up top. And here's some things she could say.
1: I forward this in my bathing suit at the swimming hole.
0: (laughs) To the senator's chief of staff. Chief of staff writes back.
1: I emailed him at 351. He writes me back at 406. Sorry, can you clarify? I'm not exactly clear what you're asking.
0: And Stephanie's like.
1: Sorry! Exclamation mark. This is me writing him back at 416.
0: She tries to clarify.
1: Hope this makes more sense.
0: And the guy does not write back. And so the next day, it's time for the hearing.
1: We had no idea. Like, we had no word from her. We didn't know if she'd gotten this message, what her plan was.
0: And they didn't know who's going to be there from the deaf community. How pissed off might they be? So they're sitting there with their allies in these T-shirts that Mike designed. Oh by the time Stephanie gets to telling me this part of the story, Mike has just come back from putting the baby to bed.
1: Remember how how anxious we were cuz like they didn't get back to us about it. Mm-hmm. And so she sits down, she like gives this testimony about how much it means to her personally.
0: Actually, I've seen the tape. And Senator Kolkhorst starts with a kind of dry recitation you might expect. What the bill's going to do, who it serves. And then
1: I will tell you on a personal note, members, um, I'm so proud today
0: to have my uh, my niece who was born profoundly deaf to
1: my family and the struggle that we went through and the blessing that she has been to our family
0: She says her niece and the niece's daughter who was also born deaf will speak later. The daughter got cochlear implants when she was just a year old
1: she speaks as well as we do, and is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. So, um, sorry for the emotion today. I'm so proud of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not a dry eye. Every every senator was crying. Remember? I think we were crying. It was, it was legitimately emotional. It was intense. But it was like that tactic yeah. of like get her niece to get up. And also represent the deaf community. Yeah. Slam dunk,
0: <laughs> three pointer.
1: It was holy shit. I mean, <laughs> I definitely
0: said it's a slam dunk three pointer.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the deaf community, no show of force. One deaf person speaks against the bill, and the bill passes the committee unanimously. It passes the calendar committee. It passes the state senate, and the governor signs it, and it becomes law. Thought it was a pretty good story. But by the time it's done, Iris is begging her mom to come do bedtime.
1: Mama. Go, 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 go go go. Mama. go, 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 go. I'm gonna come in five minutes. Okay? I promise you. Pinky swear. five minutes. Five center. Okay, Alexa, set the timer for five minutes.
0: Yeah, we talk longer than that. Cause we need to talk about what all this means. You know, this is just one battle in a huge fight, right? The big picture? I mean, last year, Stephanie's family spent more than 20000 bucks on health care all in. And that is not counting the new hearing aid Iris needed and the special Bluetooth part, which is extra that lets her teacher wear a mic in class just for Iris. After insurance, that stuff is still like 10000 bucks. Except Stephanie found another grant from the Elks. And got it paid for.
1: And that is, this is why, this is why I wanted to pass the bill. Because I'm like, I am savvy, and I'm scrappy, and like, my kid's not going to fucking need anything. But that is not normal. That is not a normal response. Because people are fucking busy. Or they have like, you know, 17 jobs and like mouths to feed. And like people, like nobody has the time for this. Or the energy, or whatever. And I don't know, I just... I'm I'm a fighter. I'm just, I have a fight. I have a fight in my soul. And it's interesting because I am like super fucking negative and cynical, you know? My disposition is like very, like I said, I'm a glass half empty kind of girl. I don't know. Like I must have some sort of hope or positivity or something in my body because I do feel like activism is possible and people can make change. And you did it. With a lot of help, yeah, but right. yes, but we, like,
0: we did it. Yeah, but like you decided to yeah, yeah, yeah make it happen. And with this tiny, like I was like, I was those videos, I was like, oh, this was just there's the hearing aid industry was, or no, you just appeared in some videos, like no, this was you.
1: My friend Jared we did it for a fifty dollar gift card.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but you know you did this, and it's possible that like this is the question of like what does it take, and this is a lot is what it takes. It does. But it also is interesting how we think of, I think of, mm-hmm. this a giant industry, it's a fifth mm-hmm. of the economy or mm-hmm. a set of industries. How can you possibly go up against them? But, like, there, you just did it. Yeah. Like, without really, you didn't have a network TV show.
1: Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I didn't even really have, like, a substantial following, I don't think, I don't think, at that time.
0: You hadn't published your book yet. You didn't have all these podcasts. You're, yeah, no.
1: You're just, you're... Normal lady. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can, you can. Like, it takes a little bit of, like, craziness, I think, and it takes, like, the reason. It's, like, for us, like, the reason was very strong. Yeah. Like, we're, our kids.
0: Yeah. And other people's kids. but And, you did and it, other people's kids. And you, and you did it in Texas.
1: Yes. Fucking Texas. <laughs> That's right. Damn straight. I'm kicking yeah. you out of my house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my house. You've been here for, like, 15 years. Oh,
0: my God. I thought I was moving in. I don't yeah, have so do you doing a room? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Stephanie whittles is the host of Last Day. That's a new podcast about the opioid epidemic. It starts with the story of her brother, Harris Whittles, and then expands way, way out. It is funny and super sad and super smart. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, we'll have a link to Last Day in the description for this episode of An Arm and a Leg. And if you're listening to this show for the first time, welcome, welcome. You can find out more about us at armandalegshow.com. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get podcasts. I'm going to plug an app from the podcast company Acast. They're distributing an arm and a leg this season, so we like them. But you do you. Just go subscribe. And while you're there, wherever you are, why not leave us a review? And actually, if you are digging the show, there is one super special thing you can do for us right now. A website called Discover Pods has a kind of people's choice awards for podcasts, and this show is a finalist in two categories. And one is Best New Podcast, which I am pretty psyched about. But the super special thing is somebody nominated us in the Best True Crime Podcast category, and we are a finalist, which is genius. Or as the person who tipped me that we were nominated said, so funny and yet not funny at all i mean this show has no cops no prosecutors no defendants as far as i know the things we document here like the price of insulin do not break any actual laws which you might say is the real crime here and it's not exactly victimless so i really really want to win this award and i need your help Wherever you're listening to this show, there should be a link to the awards where you can vote. Please, please, please do it. And tell everybody you know. You can find the link at our website, too, and a whole spiel about why we ought to win. Armandalegshow.com. Go there, follow the link, vote for us, and then tell everybody you know to do the same thing. If you think the way we deal with healthcare in this country is a crime, (laughs) let everybody know. And if you're good at Twitter or Instagram or whatever, just go hype the heck out of this. We are at armandalegshow.com. You'll find other cool stuff there, too. Head over there, vote for us, and spread the word. Thank you. You rock. Next week on an Arm and a Leg, my neighbor, the healthcare ninja. Meredith Balo wrote to me last year. She has survived for years and years as a type 1 diabetic, often with no health insurance and never with a lot of income. She's learned how to work the system, to get the help she needs, and to make sure she doesn't pay more than she's supposed to. It hasn't been easy, and it takes a lot of time, but here's one thing she's figured out.
1: Like, there's only three things that you're fighting. You're looking for problems with competence,
0: problems with greed, and problems with maliciousness. And luckily, most things are incompetence. (laughs) (laughs) Meredith's amazing story and more of her secrets to navigating the cost of healthcare and maintaining your sanity. That's next time on An Arm and a Leg. Till then, take care of yourself. This episode was produced by me, Dan Weissman. Our editor is Anne Hepperman. Our consulting managing producer is Daisy Rosario. Our music is by Dave Weiner and Blue Dot Sessions. Adam Raimunda is our audio wizard. Thanks this week to Stephanie whittles for inspiring, or maybe it's gently shaming, me into finally starting to post transcripts of this show to our website. Her baby Harry is deaf in one ear. She and her family are learning American Sign Language, and she posts transcripts of her show. I figure we can do it too, starting with this episode. Armandalegshow.com slash Transcripts. This season of An Arm and a Leg is a co production with Kaiser Health News. That's a nonprofit news service about healthcare in America that's an editorially independent program of the Kaiser Family Foundation. Kaiser Health News is not affiliated with Kaiser Permanente, the big healthcare provider. They share an ancestor, that's it. This guy, Henry J. Kaiser, was what a lot of people used to call an industrialist. He built ships, he made steel, he smelted aluminum, he poured a lot of concrete. He was like a mid 20th century Elon Musk. Henry Kaiser died more than 50 years ago. The healthcare provider and the newsroom named after him are offshoots of totally different little side projects he created. It's a fun story. You can check it out at armandalegshow.com slash Kaiser. Diane Weber is national editor for broadcast and Tanya English is senior editor for broadcast innovation at Kaiser Health News. They are editorial liaisons to this show. Finally, thank you to some of our new backers on Patreon. I literally could not make this show without you. Pledge two bucks a month or more, and you get a shout out right here. Thanks this week to Ryan O'Hare, James Edward Johnson, Jill Stanton, Becky Friedman, Karen Ross, Jason Gumpert, Peggy Sapleski, Trina Dam, Graham Walters, Craig Hirsch, Debbie Lewis, Rebecca Taylor, Jeff Ernst, Rachel Listner, Lauren Kimmel, Rob Lenny, Patrick O'Connor, Carol Fox, Jessica Kegela, Mike Hurley, Adrian Vlach, and Kay Ward. Thank you so much. Seeing you come in and support this show makes me feel so good. It's like- It's a
1: slam dunk three pointer. (laughs)